Before we begin, if you like what you hear on the Tin and J-Man Show, don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and go ahead and click subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We encourage you to interact with us and keep up to date with the Tin and J-Man Show on social media by liking our Facebook page and following us on Twitter and Instagram at Tin and J-Man Show. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy another episode of the Tin and J-Man Show with your hosts, Tanner Lee and Josh the J-Man Munt. What's going on, everybody? Episode 217 of the Tan and J-Man Show live on the ISE Sports Network. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening on whatever podcast platform you might be listening to. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please give us a rating and review. really helps us out. I'm Tanner Lee, like you can see on the screen. But if you've listened or watched this program, you already know that. And Josh the J-Man is joining via his home. At your service here in my uh, bat cave, if you will. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're trying to hide out. Hide uh, out yeah. Hiding from the people. Probably not a bad idea right now. <laughs> hey, staying safe in your bubble. <laughs> That's I right. That. I respect that. But uh, we're trying something new tonight on StreamYard, so hopefully this all goes well. It's kind of a kind of a test for us. Kind of kind of scary, but uh, what's not a test is that the Tana JMS show is brought to you by The Damn Landing. Whether you want an epic burger, hand-tossed pizza, hand-breaded tenderloin, seafood, craft beer, or a handcrafted cocktail, The Damn Landing is the place to be. The Damn Landing is a bar and grill located on beautiful Lake Manitou that focuses on freshness and quality, and of course, they have The Damn Smoke, which is available every weekend and features barbecue and steaks. In addition to that, you can wash them down with one of their 16 beers on tap, including a constant rotation of today's best microbrews and domestic flavors, or a handcrafted cocktail made using fresh ingredients. Whether it be by boats or by wheels, the Damn Landing is the place to be, located at 1305 Ewing Road in Rochester. Beautiful. I could go for a burger from the Dam or Tenderloin right now, or pizza. Or pizza, tacos. Something. Making myself hungry. Beer. Of course. Always, <laughs> always a good time for that. And the Tana J-Man Show is also brought to you by Circle 15 Golf. Circle 15 Golf is a brand f- is brand is a brand focused on bringing tour quality products and experience to the everyday golfer, like you and me, Josh, everyday golfer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's built on 25 years of tour experience, featuring the Genesis Glove, the most durable and comfortable glove available, and the patented Glove Hub, the first and only glove humidor on the market. Find them at circle15golf.com. And I happen to have some of their products here, right here with me. I got the Glove Hub right here. The only humidor on the market, Glove Humidor. Pop it open. I got the Genesis right here. Most comfortable, durable glove on the market today. Perfect fit. Ready to get on the course. Beat my dad and everybody else. Should get out there right now. It's perfect weather. A little chilly. I don't like to golf when it's under 50, let alone. I don't like to leave the house when it's under 50, so I don't blame you. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Beautiful pronunciations tonight, by the way. Uh, a little better than last week. We've been practicing a little bit. <laughs> Practice makes perfect, Jay, man. We're still learning. We're still learning. We're in year five, learning. but we're still learning. So, but uh, man, what a fun uh, NFL weekend, huh? Yeah, speaking of NFL, I got some birdie bogey for you. It is an NFL question. Lamar Jackson became the second quarterback ever in the Super Bowl era to record 100-plus rush yards and a rushing touchdown in a playoff game. Who was the other guy? 
I think I know this. Do you? Yeah, I'm pretty confident. Pretty confident, huh? I heard – I don't know if I heard that. I heard something similar, if not. so You might have seen it on Twitter because I saw this on Twitter. So I think I'm pretty confident, but usually when I'm confident – Bad things happen. So I think you have a pretty good shot because usually when I think you don't have a good shot is the ones you get, and the ones I think you have a really good shot at are the ones that uh, you don't get. So. Well, I'm hoping I get it because I want to take the season lead. You, Early you, season lead. I mean, you're, you're keeping track, and uh, you're already one over for the year. We I'm have, even because – We have 51 more weeks of this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If it'll be – oh, what's a good number to shoot at for us? Well, we'd each do it 26 times. So I'm shooting for like a plus six right on the season. That, that wouldn't yeah. be right, would it? <laughs> no. Uh, I don't know. I don't have a, I don't have a goal of mine. It's not going to be good. It's going to be well over par. I, like, <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Like, uh, yeah, we each get half. If I can keep it under 10 over, I'll be pretty happy. There's no way I'll be able to. <laughs> I don't know. No. You're better than you give yourself credit for. Bergy bogey, birdie bogey is brought to you by uh, Noble Gnome LLC. Fresh, locally grown, nutrient-dense produce from Bryce and Katie Romine of Mentone, Indiana. Like them on Facebook. Follow them on Instagram and check out their website, noblenomellc.com. <laughs> You're bad, Always, Always a new pronunciation for that or a new uh... – Gotta keep it coming. Like Gotta keep it fresh. I like it. All right, yeah, man. Like like I kind of said, going into the birdie bogey, the NFL, uh, super wild card weekend, as they call it this year, is in the books. Hate that name. Yeah, I can't get used to it. Super. But, uh, but, uh, pretty exciting uh, games over the weekend. Yeah, not too uh, shabby. I think the first game of the day on Saturday was probably the best game we got. Um, the Bills uh, – playing the Indianapolis Colts. It's kind of back and forth. Bills got up, what was it, about 13 or so. Colts came storming back to win, to uh, almost tie it, not win. Um, Frank Reich uh, made some uh, head-scratching decisions in that one. Sure did. Um, I got to be honest, I didn't get to watch a lot of the second half. I was um, helping with actually the uh, All Sorts of BS podcast, which is hosted by uh, – Chris Smith and Mark Bestman, two of the guys with Circle 15 Golf. I was helping them with uh, an episode on Saturday. Actually, this was Chris Smith and Austin Shepard of Rochester, Indiana. You know, um, his family owns um, Shepard Chevrolet Buick. Uh, they were recording a podcast down in my studio. I was helping them with that. So I didn't get to watch a ton of the second half. But I was following on my phone and on Twitter and our group message. It definitely sounded like Frank Wright made some questionable decisions, to say the least. He went for it on fourth and goal from the three. Instead of kicking a field goal, didn't yeah. get it. Right before half, correct? Um, right before half. Yeah, I think, yes, it was right before half. And then he decided to, did he decide to go for two at one point and did yeah, not get it? That's what my um, score tracker said. Because uh, the Bills were offside and uh, he decided to go for two and they didn't get it, but they ended up getting it later, so it really canceled that out. And then uh, their kicker, uh, Rodrigo Blankenship, uh, missed a uh, short field goal. But if they would have just kicked that field goal before half, who knows, could have been different outcome for it. Um, Philip Rivers kept throwing the ball out of bounds instead of they, – they had plenty of time to go middle of the field, get 
close enough to field goal range, spike it. You might have had to kick a really long field goal, but at least gave you more of a shot where they had to settle for a Hail Mary late, and Phillip Rivers didn't even get it to the end zone, and they were only at the 50-yard line. So, Well, they should have put Jacoby Brissett in to throw a Hail Mary. 100%. I mean, they used to do that when Luck's arm was banged up that one year. Yes, I remember that. I remember uh, the first team I remember doing that is uh, the Denver Broncos. John Elway didn't have the arm anymore, so they put in Bubba Brister. Yeah. Um, he, he was the guy. He was the guy that uh, would come in and throw the Hail Marys. Uh, that was pretty surprising to me. You no, know, I looked for a Bubby Brister jersey on eBay a few years ago because I really wanted one. Just a random, I couldn't find. I found Steeler ones, but I couldn't find a Bronco yeah. one. I wanted one so bad. Uh, uh, but yeah, I think um, you know Colts gave them all they wanted. It looked like uh, the Bills were getting a little nervous there at the end. Um, did really anything in their power to keep the Colts in it. Um, Phil Rivers played a really good football game. I thought they ran the ball pretty well. Defense did an okay job on uh, Josh Allen, but uh, it wasn't enough. Bills are too good for him. Do you think um, this was Philip Rivers' last start in a Colts uniform? Yeah, I think that Hail Mary was his last throw in the NFL. I think yeah, he uh, next will ultimately retire. He, uh, he's got a coaching gig lined up. I was mistaken last week when I said North Carolina's down Alabama. That's where he lives. Really? So, yes. Interesting. So he's got a coaching gig lined up, but on the pregame the other day, he was talking like he kind of still wants to play next year as of right now, but I don't know what team I, I have a hard time believing the Colts are going to take him back. Yeah. Um, I don't know what team would for one year only. Um, a young team that maybe needs a holdover quarterback. You're looking at, Maybe the Jets throw some money at them if they're not going to be taking a quarterback. Who knows? They might not take a quarterback. They might take Penny Sewell from Oregon or something. Have him for a one-year stopgap. Maybe uh, play good enough football where they make the playoffs or something. But but if the Jets um, if the Jets go that route, wouldn't they just keep Darnold? You would think, but maybe. I mean, Philip Rivers raises the ceiling and the floor uh, for the Jets. Uh, I don't know if they'll even be good enough with Rivers to even make a run at a potential postseason spot. Uh, but I think we've seen all we need to see from Sam Darnold to know he's not going to be it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get in some quarter talk, back talk here in a little bit. But the other games on Saturday, we saw the Rams upset the Seahawks. Yeah. Didn't see, see that one coming. No. Seahawks have really struggled to score the ball down the stretch. Russell Wilson looked like he was going to win the MVP after the first five or six weeks. And then, just really struggled, and they did it with, um, you know, having to start John Wolford, and then he gets hurt, and Jared Goff with a broken thumb has to come in, and they still won the ball game. Uh, that was uh, pretty shocking to me. Yeah, um, and Russell Wilson was your MVP pick in the preseason. Yeah. It looked good, and like you said, kind of the first half of the season, mm-hmm. and so the Seahawks, and then they kind of just um, fell after that. Uh, and on Saturday – what I thought was interesting was it seemed like Russell just kept taking deep shots instead of yeah. taking what the defense was giving him and working your way down the field with short passes. He just yep. kept trying to throw to DK Metcalf, who was getting shut down, really. And then the one time they tried like a screen, it was picked off and ran back for a touchdown, uh, which uh, won the game for the Rams, essentially. Yep. So, uh, yeah, Pete Carroll and the boys go home a little early this year. So kind of surprising. I'm not too upset about that because uh, I've never really liked the Seahawks. No, uh, I, I know my dad like uh, can't Pete stand them, So yeah, uh, and then the nightcap was Tampa Bay at Wash at the Washington Football Team, and the football team kept this a lot closer than I thought yeah. they were going to. 
Yeah, they took on the personality of their head coach, Ron Rivera. He's a fighter, man. Uh, Taylor Heineke played pretty good, and they actually had a chance at the end to score a touchdown and get a two-point conversion to tie it. Um, they gave them everything they wanted. Um, credit to them at 7-9, and nine, playing greatest quarterback ever. Um, really good receiving core, really good running back, uh, really good running back room, pretty good defense, and they gave them really all they wanted. Yeah, I thought Heineke did enough to probably earn himself a look by somebody as their backup next year. Yeah. If not Absolutely. Washington. Yeah, that was a big, uh, I mean, why wouldn't you want to have a guy like that? He looks like a gamer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so it was a lot closer than I thought. I thought Tampa, I thought that was going to be the blow of the weekend. Even before they ruled Alex Smith out, I was like, I still don't think they can, they could uh, get close, but mm-hmm. they showed a lot of fight. And then yesterday's games, I, I thought uh, the first game was going into the weekend, the best matchup, the Ravens at the Titans. You had two teams that play a lot of, of the similar style of football, kind of smash mouth in your face, aggressive. And uh, But, boy, when the Ravens got down 10 zip, I thought they were in a world of hurt, and Lamar got them, got them the battle back. Did not watch one second of that football game, um, so I don't really have anything to add. I know Derrick Henry did not play well. They really shut him down, um, which is what they needed to do, make Ryan Tannehill beat you. Yep. And uh, he didn't make enough plays to do it. Yeah, like I said, uh, Tennessee got up 10-0. Lamar threw a bad early pick. That was about his only costly mistake. And then he had, uh, I think, 136 or 137 yards on the ground. Yeah. Had a 49-yard touchdown, um, <clears throat> which he ran on that play. I believe he ran 71 yards um, on the 49-yard <laughs> touchdown. Uh he just makes things happen, man. He's a, he's a smart football player. He's maturing in front of our eyes. Towards the end of the game, when he got the first down, that pretty much clinched the game. Instead of running out of bounds, he stopped and just fell on his rear end and let the, the state of bounds and let the clock run out. And uh, Yeah, he's just good. He's just good. He's a gamer. Yeah, he uh, obviously was the MVP last year, um, and he did not look very good through those first – really eight to 10 games, but he's really turned it on and played uh, the type of football they've needed him to in order to be in this position to potentially knock off the Buffalo Bills this week. Justin Tucker did miss a field goal. He missed a 52-yarder, but he came back after a 15-yard penalty. The Ravens were thinking about going for it on fourth, or they went for it on fourth and three or four and got it, but they called a pick play. So they call pass interference, so 15 yards. So then Tucker had a 51-yarder right after he missed 52, and he nailed it right down the middle. That gave the Ravens the uh, uh, whatever the final end up being. They gave them their final points, and then they picked off Tannehill. Um, yeah, he's uh, the second-best kicker in the NFL now. Uh, didn't make the uh, all-pro first team because that was uh, Jason Sanders. I knew that the, was coming. Uh, the uh, best kicker in the NFL. Um, so. Tucker's Tucker's nails though when he needs to be, uh, but I was surprised he missed that one. I was like, wow, he could miss. Like you just don't see it very often. But uh, right, he he just he's been what nails from inside forty in his career. He's like yeah. barely missed any. Yeah, so so they they, they are now going to be facing the Bills, which we'll talk about that matchup in a little bit. The second game of the day was the Bears at the Saints. Uh, this game was broadcast not only on. CBS, but also Amazon Prime and Nickelodeon. I did tune into Nickelodeon a little bit, not a ton. It, it bothers me not to, to watch a sporting event that's not in HD. <laughs> Nickelodeon wasn't in HD, huh? No, we I didn't we, watch. No. Yeah, no. I didn't watch any of the Nickelodeon broadcasts. Saw some highlights of it with the slimes. Cool. Um, yeah, might as well. I mean, what's what's it hurt to do something like that to try to get kids to start watching football? Yeah, yeah, I've got kids involved and, and to watch football. And uh, 
Unfortunately, though, without the crowds and, and, and some hot mics, there was an F-bomb that slipped through. <laughs> so some yeah. kids watching Nickelodeon might have might have learned a new word or two, which isn't good. They, but, uh, they grew up early. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, the game kind of went how I expected. Uh, Saints yeah. kind of – I thought it would be more high scoring by both teams. I thought, the, I thought they would reach the over, which they did not. I think the over was – uh, 48 and a half, I believe 47 and a half, 48 and a half. Um, but no, I mean, the bears did enough to hang around a little bit, but just couldn't get it going. I, maybe if whims catches that touchdown, maybe it's a different maybe. ball game. Uh, that was a perfectly ran play and a perfect throw by Mitchell Trubisky. And his only one of the day can't, can't, can't catch the ball. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think we've talked about Philip Rivers since he's, if he's back, I can't imagine Mitch Trubisky being back. He'll be, he'll be a, He'll be a backup somewhere. He's not a starting quarterback in the NFL. Uh, the guy on the pregame yesterday on CBS said the Bears were working on possibly a short a short contract extension for Trubisky. <laughs> we will see. We all thought Harbaugh wouldn't get a contract uh, extension. I'm and sorry, Bears. Here we are. So, it's all um, about the buyout in college football, though, man. Yeah, they love it. matters. Yep. But, uh, but I think we all thought he was a goner, though. Harbaugh, but he's back. Anyways, but so we'll see there. But uh, Drew Brees is rolling on, and he'll face Tom Brady, which is a divisional matchup. The Saints got the best of the, the Buccaneers both times this year, so that's going to be a good one to watch. And then a nightcap last night was the Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers, and uh, this game was pretty much over after a quarter. 28 nothing with like four minutes left in the first quarter. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster needs to shut his mouth. He said, oh, when was it? He said it Thursday. They're the same old Browns, nameless, faceless. Browns are going to Brown. No no worries. Then they go out, lay an absolute egg. Chase Claypool today said no chance. Browns have no chance to win another game in the playoffs. It's like so, so it's all good. Got, you just got yeah. whooped by them. I wouldn't yeah. talk right now if I were you. Uh, tough tough loss, but but they're going to get whacked by uh, the Chiefs next week. So it's all good. That, open, that opening play gave me – shivers and flashbacks yeah. to Super Bowl 48. <laughs> yeah. That's that snap was 10 feet over Ben's head. Yeah. Ben's like Ben 6'5". Yeah, Pouncy, I don't know what he was doing there. It no. went up and over his head, but whereas Peyton Manning in 48, he was going up to he say something up, about yeah. and Ramirez thought he heard it and just snapped it, which, yeah, yeah that was the beginning of a yeah. The Steelers need to shut up. They played horrendous football down the stretch and then get absolutely waxed by uh, the Cleveland Browns who they've dominated for years. Just shut up. Go home. You're done. Just quiet. Get off TikTok, Juju and Claypool. Good Lord. I was nervous for Brown fans for a little bit that they were going to blow it. I was kind of hoping they'd blow it because it had just been hilarious for me. But uh, after what do you got against the Browns? I hate them. I just don't like them. Don't like Baker. Don't like Jarvis Landry. Don't like OBJ. Their fans are as insufferable as really any fan base in oh, football. Oh, man, their fans have been through. I don't care. Oh, come on. Cubs fans were terrible for years, and they didn't win for 108 years. And they were insufferable, Cubs fans have been. Yeah, I was going to say that. Same kind of, thing. That just trumps <laughs> my point. I was going to say, you're a Cub fan. You should know how what suffering was like. But you kind of just trumped my point there. So, But I like Baker, but I don't like um, – OBJ and I have Jarvis is Jarvis. I don't, I draft him almost every year. So from a fancy team, so whatever, but I'm not an OBJ J fan, but I, I do like Baker, but don't like him. 
But, uh, yeah, Browns, the feel-good story continues for at least another week. Um, this weekend's matchups, it starts off with the L.A. Rams at the Green Bay Packers. The Rams are going from the inside, the warm, domed climate, to the frozen tundra. Who do you like in that game? It's supposed to be 26 degrees in Green Bay. Um, Jared Goff with a broken thumb trying to grip the ball in extremely cold weather. Packers roll by 20-plus. Ooh, woo! Uh, I do like the Packers pretty easily. I don't know if I'll put 20-plus on them, but I do think the Packers will win. I think Rodgers and the Packers overall just too good. Um, yeah. No matter who they're facing this weekend, I was going to pick them. But uh, now it's the Rams. I think the Rams are – they're kind of the most roller coaster team in the in the league for me. Up, yeah. down, up, down. You never know which Rams team is going to show up. Yeah, they look like world beaters, and then they go out – and turn it over five times, and Jared Goff gets sacked six times, and they get absolutely whooped. Uh, so they need, obviously, their best game now that in, they're in the playoffs, especially playing, in my opinion, the best team in the NFL that's left. Yep. Um, I just don't see it happening. Then uh, Saturday, the night game, you have the uh, Ravens at the Bills. Should be a good one. Should be a really good one. Um, and two really good quarterbacks. Both guys can run the ball. Stephon Diggs is one of the best receivers in football. On the other side, you have uh, Lamar Jackson, obviously running all over the place, and they have the best run game in football. Um, man, I think the Bills get it done. Close one, though. I wish I had a coin down here. I yeah. could flip it into whichever it lands on would be what I what I go with. Yep. But uh, I'm gonna agree with you. I think the Bills in a close one. I like this Bills team, but I like this Ravens team too. And the Ravens, I'm going against my preseason Super Bowl pick. I had Ravens over the Buccaneers, and I'm going against it. So uh, give me the Bills. I think now that the Bills won their first playoff game, kind of the tension will be off. Because, I mean, they went 13-3, and go into the playoffs. That first game, you can come out a little tight just because you're a little nervous, have fans in the stands for the first time. But they got that out of the way, and they won the game. So I think they'll uh, play a lot better uh, this week. Yeah, I can agree with that. Then Sunday, the first game on Sunday, you got the Cleveland Browns at the Kansas City Chiefs. This is the game I will be most attended uh, to. Or, yeah. yeah. I know, because you'll be rooting against the uh, Cleveland Browns or against the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> yeah, I will break um, out orange head to toe, but a different shade of orange. I will never agree with teams resting their starters in week 17. Came back and backfired for Pittsburgh on um, Sunday night. Patrick Mahomes ha- won't have taken a meaningful snap in three weeks mm-hmm. uh, for the Chiefs. However, I think the Chiefs are too good, um, and they will beat the Cleveland Browns. I think it'll be pretty close, though. Wouldn't be surprised. They get down 10 points or so, and then uh, Patty brings them back. I was going to say, we're going to see a repeat performance like them against Houston and against um, Tennessee last year where they get down in the first half, and then they kind of wake up in the second half. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. so. Yeah, I can see that. I, I think the Chiefs win by anywhere from 10 to 14 points. I think I think the Browns yeah. keep it close. Yeah, I think the Browns, I mean, Browns, obviously, if they come out and punch them in the mouth like they did the Steelers last night, uh, could be a different story. But still, I'd feel a lot worse up 28 nothing in Kansas City than I would 28 nothing in Pittsburgh just because, you know, uh, Patrick can bring them oh, back. Yeah, we saw, it last year. we saw it last year against Houston. Yeah, they yeah Houston found themselves up, what was it, 21 nothing. Yeah. Or twenty-eight to seven, something like that. Yeah, Next thing you know, they're they're down like ten at halftime somehow. Yep, yep. 
And then uh, the the night game or the 640 game, I think it is, you got Tampa Bay and New Orleans. Yeah, uh, they played some really good uh, matchups this year. Um, well, the, the, first, the first one was week one. First one was. The second one was a whooping. Yeah. Um, Saints, Saints went in there and killed them, didn't they? On or Sunday the night other way around. around. Nope, so Saints beat both times. Um, hard to beat a team three times. There I is. think Tampa Bay's playing as good as they have all season. Um, I just don't know if the Saints will have enough offense, believe it or not. It's hard to say that with a Drew Brees-led team. Um, however, Breeze had one of his most accurate seasons he's ever had on throws 15 plus yards down the field. He completed 61% on uh, passes of 15 or more yards down the field, but I'm taking Tampa Bay just cause I don't think saints can do it three times. I'm probably going with my heart here a little bit. I'm going with the saints. Um, I don't want to see Drew's time to be up just yet. Um, either way, assuming the Packers win, we're going to get a, heck of a legendary quarterback battle for the NFC championship between either Brady yeah. and Rogers or breeze and Rogers. It's going to be fun either way. So yeah, Brady and Rogers, uh, obviously have never ever faced. And- yeah. They've never faced in the postseason. Yep. Yep. So sorry. You yeah. kind of froze there. So that's why I did. I didn't yep. hear what exactly what you said, but I, I assume that's what you were going to say. So that's exactly uh, what I said. All right, good, good. I'm glad I can read your mind a little bit. Um, any other thoughts coming away from uh, Super Wild Card Weekend? Not really. I think we covered it pretty good. I do too. I do too. But let's stick with football real quick. We got uh, the big national championship game tonight. You got the Ohio State Buckeyes against the Alabama Crimson Tide. Um, this wacky, wild, virus-infected uh schedule inflated messed up college football season finally comes to an end tonight. Um, they got a season. They got through yeah. it somehow. Uh, was it worth it? Some people can argue e- either side, but uh, we're going to get a champion tonight. Uh, who do you like between those two teams and why? This will be the J-Man's book of prediction of the week. The Ohio State Buckeyes will beat the Alabama Crimson Tide. For reasons no other than um, Ohio State winning the college football playoff is one of my uh, 21 bold predictions for 2021. So uh, I think Ohio State gets it done. Talent all over the field on offense. Alabama obviously has talent all over the field on offense and defense. Um, Alabama likely will be the winner. I uh, just felt like going bold here with uh, the J-Man's book of prediction of the week brought to you by Indiana Farm Bureau. Insurance agent Travis Watchering. And Travis offers life insurance, home insurance, auto insurance, renter's insurance, business insurance, workers' comp, farm insurance. You can contact him at 219-869-4561 or his email is travis.watchering at infb.com. And he's also serving customers in the state of Ohio. So if you're in the state of Ohio watching this and looking for a new insurance carrier, give Travis a call. Bye. Get some merch, too, while you're at it. We have Tan and J-Man Show sweatshirts. Also, we have Book It mugs and Book It. Uh, you have put sweatshirts on there, too, didn't you? Yes, I did. This is not a Book It mug, but it's a Tan and J-Man Show mug. We got mugs. We got sweatshirts. We got T-shirts. We got short-sleeve T-shirts, long-sleeve T-shirts. We got stickers. We got all types of stuff. So Baby onesies. Baby onesies, toddler shirts, uh, all, all sorts of stuff. Hopefully hats and beanies coming sometime this year. Can't guarantee that right now, but that 
hopefully, hopefully the website gets that going, but go to our Facebook page, Instagram or Twitter, click on our link, and then it'll have a page of tons of different links. And the first thing on there is the Tan and J-Man Show store. So I need a Tan and J-Man Show beanie. Need. I know you do. I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm trying to bald headed, man. Hey, man, I got, I got, I got your book it stuff on there, so I'm expecting you to get a book it sweatshirt or hoodie. So, but my my prediction tonight is I think Alabama gets it done. I think it's a competitive game for the most part, but Alabama pulls away 38-24. Probably a good prediction. I think yeah. if Ohio if Ohio State's going to win, they're probably going to win by three or less. They're going to have to do what Florida did. Uh, to Alabama where they took them to overtime. I don't even know if it was overtime. I don't think it was overtime. It was just a really close game. It was, um, it was, oh, Alabama-Florida? Yeah, was that overtime? No, no, it wasn't overtime. I didn't think so. Um, it was like a six-point game, though, I believe. Just Justin Fields is going to have to play the game of his life. He has to play even better than he did against Clemson in order yep. to beat Alabama. I, I think it'll be a good game, but I don't think it's the instant classic like the last time Alabama yeah. was in the national title, which was against Georgia. No, I don't think so either. Th- yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it, it should be better than last year's. LSU just rolled over Clemson. wasn't even a game. Yeah, that was the last time Alabama, or was it? No, Alabama played against Trevor Lawrence two years ago and lost. Lost, got killed. So it was the year before. The last time Alabama <coughs> won the national championship, yeah. I should have said not played in. Last time they won it was yeah. against Georgia. Tua, your boy, had that great throw at the end. Because time that, being. For the time being, yeah, it could be Deshaun Watson, could be heading to Miami. That would shake up the NFL a little bit. So, uh, yeah, we'll we'll discuss that on another day. But uh, college football comes in tonight, um, and then the the real season starts, the offseason. The offseason, as our good friend (laughs) Andrew Eiler likes to say. Yes, he does. Well, uh, I need to bring up the on this day. I had it up here, and I closed it out, closed my tab out. You son of a gun. I know it. Um, but while it's loading, I can bring this up for everybody. On this day, uh, sporting events that happened on January 11th. Uh, let's see here. Oh, not finding any good ones yet. All right. On this day, 1946, Burt Bell. Became the second, became the second NFL commissioner, and he moved the Chicago headquarters to Philadelphia. Now the NFL headquarters, I believe, is in uh, New York. On this day, 1966, the 16th NBA All-Star Game was held in the Cincinnati Gardens in Cincinnati, Ohio. The East beat the West by a score of 137 to 94. Who was the MVP of that game? What year was that? 1966. Bob Cousy. No, Adrian Smith, point guard for the Cincinnati Royals. Never heard of him. On this day, 1967, San Diego was granted an NBA franchise to be called the Rockets. The franchise moved to Houston for the 1971-72 season. On this day in 1970... The uh, Super Bowl was held in Tulane Stadium in New Orleans. Kansas City Chiefs beat the Minnesota Vikings 23-7. to Who was the MVP for the Chiefs? Lynn Dawson. It was Lenny Dawson. Purdue's Lenny Dawson. On this day in 1973, the American League adopted the designated hitter rule. 
On this day in 1977, the Cubs traded outfielder Rick Monday, Monday to the Dodgers for Bill Buckner. Yeah, Rick Monday, probably most known for going and grabbing the American flag in the outfield when uh, two uh, protesters jumped on the field and tried to light it on fire. He's the one who did that? I did not yep. know that. On this day, 1981, the AFC Championship was played at Jack Murphy Stadium in San Diego. Saw the Raiders beat the Chargers 34-27. If that game ever happens in my lifetime, I'm going to throw up. <laughs> I was going to say, if you were alive back then, you would have been uh, hating every <laughs> second of it. <laughs> also on this day, 1981, you would have hated this one. And the, the NFC Championship was played in Veterans Stadium in Philadelphia. Saw the Eagles beat the Cowboys 20-7. Yeah. On this day, 1983, Billy Martin was named the New York Yankees manager for the third time. He was, was a character, man. Three times. Uh, on this day, 1984, the Denver Nuggets beat the San Antonio Spurs 163 to 155, highest scoring NBA game in history. Is that regulation? Yeah, it doesn't say overtime. <whistles> on this day in 1987, the AFC <laughs> Championship was held in Cleveland Stadium as the drive happened as the Denver Broncos beat the Cleveland Browns 23 to 20 in overtime. I knew you were going to say that one. And on this day in 1987, the NFC Championship in Giants Stadium in East Rutherford, the New York Giants beat the Washington Redskins 17-0, to and we won't talk about that uh, Super Bowl following that. What happened? <laughs> on this day in 1990, the general, Bobby Knight, became the Big Ten's winningest coach, 229 Big Ten victories. On this day, 1998, the Denver Broncos beat the Pittsburgh Steelers 24-21 in the AFC Championship game. They would go on that year to win their first Super Bowl ever. And also on this day, the Green Bay Packers beat the San Francisco 49ers 23-10. Uh, I missed the early um, Super Bowls. Like I used to fall on my birthday quite a bit, January 26th. I missed the um, – this is the marketer coming out of me. The unique logos of the Super Bowl. Yeah. Now they're just boring. They just they have the silver and, and the Roman numeral. Yeah. They used to have a cool design every year. I'm I'm the exact same way with the NTAA tournament. They used yep. to have cool lo logos too, and they just gone with a generic look. Do you remember this on night on uh, two thousand in two thousand on this day in two thousand four on fourth and twenty six trailing the Green Bay oh, Packers yeah. by three in the NFC Division playoff game. The uh, Philadelphia Eagles had a fourth and 26 on their final drive. Donovan McNabb hit Freddie Mitchell for 29 Freddie yards. Mitchell, yeah. Eagles tie the game and go on to win in overtime. That X Freddie. I remember that play well. I remember watching it live. And on this day in 2016, the National College Football National Championship was held in University of Phoenix Stadium. Saw so number two Alabama beat number one Clemson 45 to 40. Yeah, Clemson and Bama played some good ones. They sure Just have. A it was just yesterday or two days ago is when um, Deshaun Watson found Hunter Renfro with one second left or as time expired yep. to win it. Uh, so, yeah, that's pretty good ones. Yep. And the On This Day segment is brought to you by Proforma Printhouse. If you're looking for a trustworthy, dependable resource for your next trade show, company picnic, or sales meeting, Proforma Printhouse has over 50 years combined experience in promotional products and commercial print. They strive for a fast and efficient response to all your print needs. You need to look no further. Let them be your one source print and promotional company and give them a call at 574-210-3815. And they can get you a nice water bottle for a company, kind of like this one I got here. Beautiful. It's got a nice, nice uh, unscrewable there uh, top on it. It's ventilated. 
keeps your drinks nice and cold or warm. So they got plenty that, of things like this. So give them a call. That, re- that reminds me of when, uh, Michael Scott gets one of those and he puts orange juice in it. <laughs> he takes the drinks and mm, it's right in the fillings. <laughs> oh, that's good. Always got to love when the office reference comes up mm-hmm. on the podcast. So, all right, we got about uh, 24 minutes left. Uh, let's talk about some college hoops, something you, yeah. might, you might not want to talk about too much. I'm today. ready. Uh, well, let's start off. The Big Ten, man, it's wild. It's Crazy. wacky. I know we say this every year, but this year it feels extremely wild it, and wacky. And anyone can beat anyone. I mean, you look at Maryland, they're two and five. Their two wins are at number six, Wisconsin, and at number 12, Illinois. I mean, what's the deal? Yeah, and, and it just proves you you can go on the road without fans. Without fans to help. And get upsets. Um, mm-hmm. I still will say there's still some home court advantage as far as shooting backgrounds, right. rap, et cetera, but there's no atmosphere. Um but yeah, it just comes down to this year getting your team pumped up. And in hey. Illinois, in Illinois' case, I think they're the bet the most talented team in the Big Ten. If not, they're right there with Iowa. If not, but they sleepwalk through the first half. Yep. Of games. yep. I mean, it was very evident on Thursday night when they found themselves down forty three twenty eight at oh, Northwestern yeah. at halftime. Ugh. That hit halftime. My whole feeling was Illinois is still going to win this game. I still felt good about it because I don't know why it takes them getting down by so much, like down 15 on the road at Penn State early, 19 to 4. Come back, beat them by 17. Get down 15, outscore Northwestern by 40 free points in the second half. Um, If they play like that level of intensity, they might be the best team in the country, honestly. At least a top three team. I don't know if they can beat Gonzaga with that even. But um, it just shows – they have such a higher level to get to, and it's frustrating when they're not hitting it. I feel better about them going on the road and getting wins right now. So they play better on the road. At home, they haven't scored 70 points at home since since they beat Minnesota, and that was over a month ago now. Um, they struggled shooting the ball against Indiana, struggled shooting the ball against Purdue, really struggled last night. They had every chance to put that ball game away against the Maryland team that was playing without Eric Ayala for one, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is even point. worse which makes the loss even worse. They got up five. Maryland comes, they get the ball back, have like three or four opportunities to extend the lead and don't score with the turnover. Bad shot selection. Um, Got no offensive rebounds last night, it felt like. Then Maryland has every opportunity to go down and try to win the ball game, and that's what they did. They got an offensive rebound, kick out, hit a three. Illinois, Andre Corbello with a terrible shot. It was just one of those things where, if you get Kofi Coburn the ball, they probably win that game. He shot 8 of 10 from the floor last night, 5 of 6 from the uh, free throw line. Uh, they just didn't get him the ball enough, and it was frustrating to watch. However, I've never, like, it's been forever since I've, like, not felt bad after a loss, but I did not really have any feeling at all last night because this whole really stretch of games they've been playing with fire and you knew it was bound to catch up to them eventually. And it did. And hopefully that's the kick in the pants they needed. Um, I was hoping the first half against Northwestern was going to be the kick in the pants and obviously wasn't. Um, So hopefully that's what they need. Uh, I think they'll, I've been saying this for a while. I think they will be a better team in February than they are right now, but eventually they have to have a third guy stepping up. Um, They had a bad injury last night. Trent Frazier gets elbowed in the collarbone. I don't know if you saw it. I just saw him out. Um, 
he was going for a rebound. He was on the ground, and Maryland's big guy came down full force, elbow right to the collarbone. He's hit him his, with a people's elbow. Yeah, his his left shoulder. And so he went out the rest of the half, came back in for three minutes, shot the worst air ball I'd ever seen. And then you could tell his shoulder was just not right, so they took him out. Uh, that hurt. Um, and who knows if he plays, because he's their best defender, they might have won. But still, no excuse to lose to a Maryland team at home like that. But that's life in the Big Ten this year. It's just yeah. you can't you can't go into games and sleepwalk in a second half, especially. Uh, they had an opportunity to go up ten in the first half, and they refused to do it. So uh, hopefully uh, that loss is what they'll need. I'm not worried about them at all because they're too good of a team to worry about. But good lord, need to win that one. Yeah, you got you got to show up every night ready to play. Um, yeah. I, still, I, I, thought, I thought I thought Io made that last three to take it in overtime. When he when he let it go, but yeah, uh, it, it looked good out of his hand. Um, still have four seconds left is the thing that was frustrating yeah. when he jacked that up from the volleyball line, essentially. But yep, yeah, they lost it. They just need a they need to find that third consistent yeah. contributor. Um, and it and, looked like it was going to be Adam Miller in the first half. He hit three threes. I don't even think he shot the ball in the second half. Demonte Williams was worthless from the field. He didn't even score. Uh, Georgie, where the heck's he been? Um, Jacob Grandison didn't have a good game. Coleman Hawkins didn't play in at all in the second half. This is not very deep. Yeah. Um, they just need a third guy though, because Kofi and Io are going to get theirs every single night. Need that third guy to step up. Corbello was horrendous last night. Yeah, that wasn't a shot you wanted out of him towards no. the end of the game. But um, he's forcing stuff, and I get that's going to happen. You're going to have a game like that, but you, <laughs> you got to stop having games like that. It's a no. thing. I mean, they've yeah. been fortunate to really win as many games as they have with playing this way. Yep. Yep. So it's, uh, yep. Like you said, maybe it's the kick, the kick in the pants they needed. We'll, we'll see how they yeah, respond we'll this week. Uh, my Boilermakers only had one game last week because, uh, the Nebraska, I think we mentioned that last week. I think, yeah. I think it happened yeah, just, I think it was just meant, yeah. That that Nebraska was infected by uh, COVID on their end, so that game didn't happen. But they traveled up to East Lansing Friday night, played one of the worst first halves I've ever seen a Purdue team play. <laughs> they had 16 points at half, and we're down 15 points. Did they definitely didn't play great in the second half? But they no, just, they didn't at all. Just kept grinding and yeah. chipping and grinding and chipping, and and Michigan State kept missing shots, and they were taking yeah. Michigan State out of their game a little bit. And, and Trayvon Williams really got going to where. He scored 24 points in the second half. Michigan State scored 23 as a team. Trayvon hits a shot with six seconds left to go up one, and Michigan State misses a shot, and Purdue absolutely stole one. I mean, it's one yeah. you feel like you steal. You run out, yeah. of, run out of that place, get out of town. I've, I watched the entire game. I didn't think Purdue looked good in the second half at all. It's no. just Michigan State looks so Garbage, and I'll take it. I don't oh, care. 100%. 100%. <laughs> uh, I mean, Michigan I, Go ahead. This, this Michigan State team might be to what Michigan was in football season. It's probably too early to tell, but we'll see. As those teams usually play better in February, right. and March, we'll see what happens. Yeah. But it's it's a road I, win at yeah. Reslin. Who cares how good this, they are? This is Purdue's third win in a row over Michigan State and sixth out of their last nine meetings. I didn't realize that till the other day. It's like wow, Matt's really starting to get the better of Tom a little bit. But uh, yeah, taking a run, taking a run because I, I love beating that team. I love living in a world where the Patriots were bad this year. Michigan State's looked awful so far. Kentucky looks awful so far. Duke doesn't look that good. Not upset about it. Duke, the, Brown, now, the Browns are winning playoff games. The Browns are winning playoff games. What the heck is going 2021, on? 2021, man. 
uh, yeah. but no, it's uh, yeah, I was glad to get that one. And now, of course, big week this week to travel down to Bloomington to face the Hoosiers, who went one on one this past week. They lost a heartbreaking double overtime game yeah. up at Wisconsin. If it wasn't for uh, Trice going off, they'd probably win that game. And then they uh, hard fought victory in Lincoln yesterday against Nebraska. One, they got up big and Nebraska came charging back, but yeah. Indiana held them off. So we'll see what happens Thursday night. And then Assuming Penn State's better by then, they host Penn State on Sunday. Purdue hasn't played a, a home game since Christmas Day. <laughs> They've yeah. had four road games in a row because of uh, some COVID implications. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But Penn State's postponed for tomorrow against Michigan. That's four games in a row. Uh, they did announce the game time today for Sunday, so that tells me they think they'll be able to play. But I, wonder we'll if the, well, I wonder if an entire team can opt out of a season. I mean, they're only, they've only, their record's like, they played played seven games games or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, Three and four or four and three. So yeah, it's getting close to like, what do you do? So it is uh, what it is, I guess. It is what it is. It's a small roster. So maybe they've had enough guys get it to where you feel good about them not having another breakout. Um, I'm not a doctor. Do I look like a doctor? Sure. I'm the, as a brain of a doctor. Oh, that yeah, you just discredited yourself there. Uh, let's let's pick some Big Ten games while we're at it. Uh, tomorrow night got a good one. Number eight Wisconsin, number ten Michigan. Michigan's rolling. Hunter Dick Hunter Dickinson's playing sensationally in the post. They're getting good guard play as well. I'll give me Michigan. Michigan's only played two away games, so eventually they're got to play some away games. But I agree with you. I think Michigan wins tomorrow. And mm-hmm. Rutgers and Penn State is postponed, like we already mentioned. Uh, Northwestern is really struggling right now, though. Yeah, they got smacked twice last week. I yeah, I don't get I Ron not. Harper Jr. back and you struggle. I didn't see yeah. that coming. I I did not see them losing to Ohio State, especially at home. Yeah, Northwestern and Ohio State. I see Ohio State's lost C.J. Walker for the next month. Oh, well, Illinois plays them Saturday. Yep, uh, they lost to an Eric Ayala's bad Maryland team. So who the heck knows? Um. Yeah, give me Ohio State. Northwestern had a good run. They looked great in the first half, as I said, uh, against Illinois, but then uh, had two field goals in the second half, scored 13 points. Um, give me that Ohio won't State. win many games. <laughs> no, you're not going to win any games doing that. Yeah, I like you, the Even when you get up 15. Exactly. I like the Buckeyes as well pretty easily. Uh, Illinois at, North, uh, at Nebraska? I think Illinois bounces back to come out. Um, they have to come out. And play well. I mean, I think I keep thinking it's going to be the wake up call, but maybe a loss is finally the wake up call because they hadn't really had a bad loss yet until that one. Uh, so I think Illinois goes in and plays pretty well and rolls. Um, Purdue at Indiana Thursday night. <laughs> You're just not going to pick that one. Yeah, I was trying to look up something about oh. that game, but I can't find it on my phone. I saw it earlier oh. today. I can't find it now. Um, I think it's a coin flip. I think Purdue's size will give Indiana problems. Indiana struggles to score the ball. Um, Indiana's due, though, and that's what i got to go with. I mean, I've picked Indiana to beat them I don't know how many times in a row, so you're welcome. uh, It just hasn't happened. So It's been well over – I was trying to look up how many days it's been. It's been a lot long. Has R.T. Miller beat Painter? It's – No. No, yeah, I, I, no. It's it was it. This streak started in 2017. 
um, mm-hmm. that they're on right now. Purdue's won seven in a row, I believe, against them. Uh, I think Purdue's the better offensive team, but Indiana's the better defensive team, even though Purdue didn't score many points at all the other night. Uh, they, they need to keep Williams out of foul trouble. He's definitely their best player. Um, I got I to gotta pick Purdue. I can't oh, pick Indiana. But I, think, I, think it'll be, I think it'll be a close game, though. I do think it'll be a good game. Uh, Michigan State at Iowa Thursday night. Iowa by 25. I, th- I think Iowa gets it done as well. Michigan yeah. State needs a game to bounce. They need to bounce back sometime. I mean, they're they're not going to be a tournament team if they continue <laughs> to go down this path. They you shouldn't right? be in like Joe Lenardi's bracket at all. I don't know if he is or if they are or not. Um, but they're 118th or something like that in the net ranking right, right now. Friday night hoops, Wisconsin at Rutgers. Rutgers has struggled, as I said. I think Wisconsin goes in there and gets it done. Rutgers continues to free fall. I don't think Wisconsin can afford to win two, to lose two this weekend. I mean, no. I'm not saying any of these teams are in jeopardy of missing tournament, but right. it's been so tight, you don't know what's going to dictate the right. race for the championship. That's, that's the problem with Illinois' loss last night. You lose to a Maryland team, that might keep you out of winning the Big Ten. But, of course, Wisconsin lost to them, too. They need other teams to kind of slip up. Um, Elmo definitely can't lose Wednesday if they want any shot at winning the Big Ten. Oh, yeah. If you um, lose Wednesday to Nebraska, you got bigger problems going on yeah. behind the scenes. So, yes. Um, your line I are in action again on Saturday at home against Ohio State at noon. Did not know the C.J. Walker news until he said it. I was going to pick Illinois anyway. Just give me Illinois. Yep, I agree. Nebraska at Maryland. Uh, give me Maryland. I agree as well. Michigan at Minnesota. Michigan gets their first loss to Minnesota. I was going to pick that, but we're agreeing too much, so I'll go with Michigan. They keep it rolling. Uh, Penn State at Purdue on Sunday if they play. Purdue big. I just, yeah. I, I agree. I don't think Purdue can – they definitely can't afford to lose that game. Um, and then Indiana at Michigan State, that's a noon CBS game on Sunday. Indiana definitely needs to beat Purdue because they don't want to go into that Michigan State game or having a loss already, but uh, I think Michigan State gets them. I do too. I, I mean, Michigan State's got to win sometime, don't they? I mean, yeah, have goodness. to, especially at home against teams you should beat too. Yeah. So I got to think they'll be fired up this week. So should be I'm a, sure Izzo got into them pretty good. Oh, I guarantee you did. <clears throat> so should be another fun, uh, entertaining week slate of games for the Big Ten this week. Yep. So you ready for part two of four of our uh, bold 2021 sports predictions? I am ready. So we got we did five last week. We got five more this week, five more next week, and then six the following week to cap it off. This is a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> but uh, here is my first one. This is I think this is the easiest one I have tonight, but it still might not come true. I think we see Drew Brees, Philip Rivers, and Big Ben all retire. This offseason. I have Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Phillip Rivers, and Big Ben all retiring. I think Brady's done. Yeah, that's that's kind of the one I threw in there as the bold one. I don't think the other three guys are that bold. Yeah. Um, so I had to throw in Brady, but that is also one of mine for this week. Yeah, a lot of people aren't talking about Big Ben no. painting them up enough. Everybody's talking about Rivers and Brees. Um, yeah, Ben's about retired each of the past couple years. Uh, maybe the loss to Cleveland kind of sparked him, but who knows? He might just be done. Um, this isn't on my list, but what do you think about Mike Tomlin's time in Pittsburgh? I mean, he's been there how long? 14 years? Well, and I bring this up 
with that loss last night, he is now eight and eight in the playoffs, and he's only won three playoff games in the last decade. Yeah. Um, is he on the hot seat going into next year? I think he should be. I do too, and I, that's um, crazy to say, but yeah, change isn't necessarily a bad thing. Bill Walsh always had this quote. It was something like, and Theo Epstein used to say it all the time: "Like ten years is enough. If you've been there more than ten years, things get stale." Um, it's just, it doesn't work anymore. And here we, he has been there 13, 14 years now. Yep. Yep. It's, I mean, I mean, that franchise has only had three coaches in what the last 50 years or so, yeah. 40 years for a reason. But, uh, yeah, if, if Ben, Ben, if Tomlin, Big Ben goes, then. Yeah. yeah. Tom, Tomlin will be a good change of scenery guy, much like Andy Reid was though. Good point. Uh, going from Philadelphia to oh, Kansas yeah. City. He wouldn't be un, unemployed too long. No. So. Here's my second bowl prediction. At least eight NFL teams come week one of next year will have different starters than they did this past season in week one. At quarterback? At least eight, yeah, at quarterback. Sorry. I have one that's similar to that. Deshaun Watson will be traded to the Miami Dolphins. I saw that one coming, yeah. (laughs) And Carson Wentz will be traded to the Indianapolis Colts. All right. Because Colts have the cap space to do it. We'll see that would make have the cap space space to trade for Watson. That would make three new teams right there. My eight right there yeah. with new starters. Yeah. So, you know, just spitballing off the top of my head. I think the Saints will have a new starter. I think the Jets not will have Taysom a- Hill. Not Taysom no, Hill. No, no, no. And he wouldn't count it. I mean, that would still Breeze was their week one That's starter. Yeah. So yeah. um, so I think Saints, Jets, um, Jaguars, yeah, um, Colts. Yeah. Steelers. Yeah. Um, I think a team like Carolina. Carolina's the iffy one. Yeah. Um, Chicago could. Yep. San Francisco could. Could. Absolutely. Denver possibly could. I don't could. think they will, but they could. Should. Uh, um, I'm Detroit. Detroit. Detroit's could. another one. Yeah. Atlanta. Yeah, there's so, yeah, there's so. so many possibilities. Yep. So it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. What's your second one? Or what yours was the Dolphin? The, yeah, the Watson and Wentz one. All right. Somebody will make the Final Four this year that hasn't been to a Final Four in the last 20 years. I like it. It's a good one. I got some teams to look out for. Florida State. Yeah. Uh, this is a real shot of dark. Clemson. Yeah. Iowa. Yeah. Ba- Baylor. Iowa and Baylor were the Missouri. two, I think. Oh, don't say that. Maybe Xavier. I don't know how good they are this year. I just know they're a usually a pretty solid squad. I don't know. Don't say Missouri or Iowa. Had to throw those two in there just for you. Goodness. Killing me. What's your third one? My third one is Justin Fields will not even be the second quarterback taken in the NFL draft. I think most people are talking, you have Lawrence one, Fields two. I think he will be taken after Lawrence, Zach Wilson, and Mac Jones. You know who's really fallen is Trey Lance. Yeah, and it's not really his fault because he's only got to play one game this one year. Game. Yeah. Um, and the pro- hopefully he's in the senior bowl uh, yeah. because who knows if the combine will even happen, if pro days will happen. Uh, he needs a good showing in a thing like the senior bowl, which luckily for the Dolphins, they're one of the teams coaching this year. Yep. Well, my fourth one's college football related. It's got to do with the Heisman Trophy. I think Ohio State's running back, Master Teague, wins the Heisman next year. It's a good one. I already have one bold prediction correct from my five last week. I said a non-quarterback running back will win the Heisman. And old uh, future Dolphin, Devontae Smith, 
When's uh, the Heisman a wide first wide receiver since Desmond Howard? 1991. First non-quarterback or running back since Charles Woodson, wasn't it? Yep, in uh, 97. Seven, I think. Seven, Something like yep. that. Seven or six. Yeah. Seven or eight. I think it's seven. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. My next one, Ohio State, as I mentioned earlier, will win the college football playoff. That was one of my bold predictions. Kind of already set that one, though. And my last one, the Chicago White Sox will make it at least to the championship series of the playoffs. It's a pretty easy prediction. Pretty good one. Pretty, I know that'll pretty, make some of our listeners and viewers pretty bold, though. very it's happy. So tough. It's so tough to uh, – It is. It's really it's early so for that. Yeah. Now I'm going to have to remember yeah. that come yeah. March when we do our playoff predictions. My last bold prediction here, the National League Central will be won with a team at or under 500 this year. It's not going to be the NFC East of It's going to be baseball. the NFC East of baseball. I still believe it or not, unless they trade Wilson Contreras and Chris Bryant, Cubs are probably still the most talented team on paper, which is insane to me. People laughed at me last year for saying it, and they ended up winning the division. Um, of course, that was only a 60-game season. Cardinals have done nothing. They're in this public squabble with Yachty Molina and Adam Wainwright because they both want way too much money. Reds are letting Trevor Bauer walk. They're opening open to trading Sonny Gray. They've traded Ray Iglesias. Brewers haven't done a thing. Cubs are trading away the best starter in the National League and you, Darvish. Um, I did see the Cardinals are a potential destination for DJ LeMahieu, which would not make me happy at all. Um, yeah, uh, I don't see LeMahieu back with the Yankees at all. No, no he's not. I, I, I read today. Yeah, I read today that he is not happy with them. No, it's not um, happening. That is my uh, final bold prediction. NFL note, Dougie Peterson. Got the yeah, I, I, I was surprised. I didn't think that was going to happen. So, probably smart. Um, yeah, I mean, he won a Super Bowl three years ago. Yeah, but uh, he's already I, gone. I could see him being out this year and then coming back somewhere next year to coach. I could see a team like the Jets making a call. Yeah, makes some sense. Wants, uh, that makes some sense. Back with him. Yeah. Don't don't be surprised if we see. <laughs> I should have put this as a bold prediction, but it's too late now. Don't be surprised to see an NFL team trade for a head coach. I've not hasn't happened in a while. Hasn't happened since Gruden, has it? When like when the last Tampa one to do it, but traded. Yeah. To I, know, I know it wasn't Bill Belichick traded to. That was prior to Gruden, though. Yeah, that was prior. Because um, I don't know. It seems like it seems like a head coach has been traded since then. I don't recall. I could be wrong, but I don't recall one. Hmm. It's but an interesting one, though. Hit us up with that birdie bogey, and then wrap us up there, J man. Lamar Jackson became the second <clears throat> quarterback ever to have in the Super Bowl era to record 100 plus rush yards and a rushing touchdown in a playoff game. Who was the other one? Was it Colin Kaepernick? It was Colin Kaepernick. Mark it down. What I had heard yesterday was he had joined Colin Kaepernick as the only quarterback to rush for 100 yards or more twice in the playoffs. Uh-huh. I, I did not hear that exact question, but I kind of put two and two together there. Yeah, I was. You always say Michael Vick, and that's why I want yeah. to hear you say Michael Vick. I probably would have if I didn't hear that other stat <laughs> yesterday. So, so put me down for a birdie. I'm a no, one, up, one under for the year. I'm up two strokes. Wrap us, wrap, us up, wrap us up there, J Man. Wrap us up, J Man. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for watching the Tannen J Man Show live on the ISC Sports Network. It worked fine. Us remotely, our internet connection uh, lasted luckily. 
Um, buy some merch. Aaron J Man Show merch. Book it merch. Have a great week, everybody, and we'll be back at it with episode two eighteen. Stay healthy, stay safe, and stay sane, my friends.